Hello and welcome back to the second episode of our podcast The Tea. I'm Mandal. I work in an NGO in the educational sector. My name is Nirmish and I work for a news channel. And we are back with the second episode of our podcast. So, before we start the second episode, let me thank the listeners of our first episode who really went out, listened to our podcast and gave their valuable feedback to us. Thank you very much for listening. Um yeah, we're very very grateful. And sorry for the incessant DMing on Instagram and Twitter. Yes, I mean they have literally yeah, we've pestered people. We've pestered people at this point to listen to a yeah. podcast. Yeah. So thanks very much. Yes, thank you very much. So here we are after our first episode, we are back and we are going to spill the tea on a very important topic. Fascism. So I was going through a lot of um, articles online, Nemesh, and I found that a lot of these articles are now using the word fascism. Yeah, with reference to this government, right? Because, I mean, for me as well, like when I first heard about Namo TV, that it's been in the news for the past few weeks, and the first word that like really just popped into my head was fascism and also narcissism. Yeah, I mean, fa- it's really. It's really interesting to see this word uh, pop off in in Indian media now. Yeah, and like, but what is what is your understanding of fascism, Mandar? Okay, so I'll be very honest. Um, I don't really think that our government is on a scale of one to hundred, like towards a hundred, of fascism. But definitely, we can see some traits. We can, we're seeing some trends that we can call fascists, right? So, okay, I'll tell you what I understand by fascism. Yeah. Uh, fascism to me is any party or any government that says that they are right and everybody else is wrong. Mm-hmm. That what they are doing is good for the people, is what the people want, is what the people demand. And they basically form this aura of that they are right and everybody else is wrong and they are the enemy. So kind of like authoritarianism in a way? Kind of, yeah. So, I mean, we should discuss uh, fascism in India and fascism, fascist trends that we're seeing from this government. But I would really like for us to explore like what really is fascism, what is the depth of it, and then kind of try and assess our government to, to those standards of fascism and then come to a conclusion that, okay, is our government really fascist? All right. So to like to find some sort of a barometer for this i was i came across this um, this uh, author his name is umberto eco he's an italian novelist literary critic philosopher and he was a university professor as well so he had written an article in 1995 he wrote an essay called eternal fascism and he gave out 14 general properties of a fascist ideology and I thought we could go through them one by one and see if these apply to our government at this point. So the first one is called the cult of tradition. Here he's trying to tell us that when all truth has already been revealed by a tradition, no new learning can occur and only further interpretation and refinement is what um, would be the right way to go. Do you think that's happening with our government at this point, Mandar? Yeah, I mean, I think cult of tradition is something that we see so evidently. Like, you know, these uh, BJP spokespersons are uh, coming out and saying, this is not our tradition, this is not our culture. 
it is such a telling of what they think of society and how they look for an ideal society which is in the past which is never in the present and which is never going to be in the present it is always going to be in the past so yeah i completely agree yeah i mean plus like uh, i really like the terms uh, only further interpretation and refinement yeah. which is basically like you're only going to take what is convenient for you from the past you're going to like interpret it in your way you're going to refine it a little bit and then you're going to put that out to not to be like this cliched person who brings up homosexuality at all times but they very clearly like sideline that part of our uh, of our history of our past of our tradition and just pick up what they think is right what they think is mainstream and what they think is the ideal tradition and then set standards for the present society according to the past society which is i think very very ironic like only refined versions very refined versions yeah Okay, so the second point that Umberto speaks on is the rejection of modernism. Basically, where he is trying to say that everything that is bad is modern, and it is the Western culture, and it is wrong. So, if you see in our society, I mean, it's pretty evident. Pretty everywhere. evident, like the clothes that we wear, the things that we say, the things that we eat, the things that we do. everything is modern and it is we are basically like, deriving it from the american culture and it is all bad yeah and like remember the minister who said that like women should not wear jeans and not carry phones and like that's what's getting them raped and i mean it, this is like a classic a yeah classic example i mean of that. Th- there i know of a bjp person who there was a controversy about uh, peacocks being so pious and pure that they don't have sex <laughs> and literally the next moment peacocks having sex <laughs> the video of peacocks having sex was uh, edited on to that edited. one i remember this very yeah. yeah 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 but like i mean that is like a completely different argument i don't think like sex is modernism but like i guess talking about talking it about sex is some something, something of a new concept and like being com- being comfortable with talking about it has also yeah. become a new concept but yeah they've they've definitely been um rejecting this like reject modernism can also be interpreted as like modern thought yeah yeah yeah, yeah. right like any kind of like modern like any like the radical. modern way of thinking itself is radical to yeah. them like going back to talking about sex i think i think that itself just makes them really really uncomfortable really uncomfortable also i mean uh, in terms of these modern concepts like you said like if we discuss some modern concepts if we discuss anything new which was not present in the past which was not present in their ideal vision of uh, submission to to the society it's kind of modern it's western and it's always almost wrong so yeah, yeah i completely completely agree to this one so we we we're putting a check on this yeah like, we're putting a slight check but definitely a check yeah. so like 2114 2114 okay so the third one is the cult of action for action's sake which dictates that action is of value in itself and it should be taken without any kind of intellectual reflection so this is kind of like um, sort of like an attack on intellectualism because um like you can i think what that what he's trying to say is that 
people who are intellectual and people who are thinking and people who are questioning and like you can call them maybe liberals they are really like stopping the government from taking any kind of action like you're i think you're delaying action by like asking too many questions or thinking about it is like what i am getting from this what about you nanda uh, what comes to my mind is about the cow lynching stuff like it doesn't matter if the cow was dead if the cow was uh, i mean if if it is a buffalo or if it is any other animal if you find red meat you have to take action right. i mean it is action for action sake no rational no intellectualism and the fact i mean the the main point that i want to derive to here is that bjp or the current government has never supported this okay but have they have never come out it come out against it either strongly and, yeah yeah i mean we ne- we have seen them abhor uh, other parties and other parties uh, policies or whatever is happening in their states but when actions like a human is lynched to death there is not even a single question asked about it or not even a single a uh, message by all these people all these ministers and uh, big people big ticket people from uh, the bjp aborting the incident so sure. it's it is action for action's sake i think it can also relate to how people view justice before taking an action if you actually did the intellectual reflection which is mentioned here and if you've been wronged i think the rational thing would be to maybe go to a police station lodge an fir but with the action for an action's sake it becomes like people take justice in their own hands like in case of a lynching you're not going to the police like if you're finding red meat you can go to the police get it addressed right if it's banned in a particular state but if you're taking the law in your own hands that's action for action's sake like like you've seen this happen and like you want to make it right by yourself and it's yeah it's definitely something that's increased it's definitely something like in cases of like cow lynchings at least it's definitely been it's definitely something that this government has not come out strongly against which means yeah. that they have totally yeah. they haven't completely shut it down which should have happened like a really really long time ago so are we giving the third one a check yes we are so 3 on 14 yeah all right next one So the next one is disagreement is treason. Oh my uh, god. <laughs> yeah, so basically fascism devalues intellectual discourse and critical reasoning as barriers to action. Okay. Um this is a kind of uh cold waters for me. Basically, I think that the point in time that we are I see disagreement is treason to a very mild state. Like at least the BJP is not calling uh, anyone who is not agreeing to them as treasonous. But it kind of is also like if you go back to the case of Rachna Khera, who was the journalist who found out that there was a breach in Aadhaar's security, and the government has regularly maintained that there is nothing wrong with. the security when it comes to aadhar and they in fact filed a case against her yeah. so doesn't that send out a message that like her disagreement and her finding out 
that you can actually breach Aadhaar's security for like a mere sum of like a hundred, five hundred rupees, and the government rebutting with the case against her. I mean that is yeah in essence disagree like treasonous. Yeah. Like they are attributing. They are attributing. But uh, let me ask you this, Namish. Then uh, if you see uh, Congress or any other party speaking, they they are all kind of vilifying each other, right? They are all kind of saying that. what this person is saying is absolutely wrong is absolutely false and we don't they are bad people mm-hmm. and they are basically all calling each others monsters so then don't you think that they all are basically different parties so they obviously disagree and they all are saying that okay they are all wrong the others are wrong so don't you think this check is not only a check for bjp but it check it is a check on the moral grounds of all the parties not just bjp in particular but the thing is at this point since the bjp government is in power it matters what they do like are you saying that what matters they do more than what matters opposition does but but like if you're oppose if you're disagreeing with an opposition party they're not going to slap a case against you at least that's not what i've seen happening Got so it. far if Got this it. were to happen in a congress government and if they had done the same thing that the bjp did then for sure i mean um they i would say that the congress and other parties subscribe to the same kind of thought process but uh we've learned that in the congress manifesto uh, that they're going to make uh, the defamation law a civil a civil law and law. not a, a crime it's not going to be a criminal criminal case of defamation but it can be a civil case now right what does that exactly mean again so basically now if you want to file a defamation against someone you will be charged under ipc which is the indian penal code which means that um, you can you can file criminal charges against me for defamation hmm. uh, whereas in civil court it is more like it's an op- it's it doesn't entail criminality of it like it's not uh, it's, it's no longer a crime it's no it's not a crime for de- to defame someone it's so you get to go to court and like settle your differences settle your differences or even like you know for example obvious uh, we've been seeing all these uh, people posting on facebook and uh, they are basically taken down under the threat of defamation charges which is criminal charges so they can actually face jail time for it right so you we started out with you not agreeing with this but like do we give this government a check for defamation is treason i would kind of give it a check yeah kind of give it a check so like a half check half check yeah so 3 sure. and a half on 14 then 3 and a half on 14 for like sure. for from me it's a four i definitely think this should be a check full, full check okay Okay. Let's see. Let's Something go. we disagree on, yeah. but it's not treason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. The next one. So the next one is a fear of difference. Oh my God. So fear of difference in this Umberto says that uh, fascism seeks to exploit and exacerbate, often in the form of racism or an appeal against foreigners and immigrants. Oh my God. Where, Where do, do we, we even begin? Start? <laughs> <laughs> so. For me, this is such a big, big, big check for the government, because what they believe is that India is this land of pure, pious Hindu people. Yeah. 
when it, when that's not what history says and it is now currently being infiltrated by people who are not hindus this Muslims. is and that's christian message and all all other people who are not hindus yeah and uh, this is this is like a huge check which was because if uh, if you've not been living under a rock you would have seen that amit shah tweet where he said at a rally that they're going to get rid of all the intruders in the country except for hindus sikhs and buddha i think he was Buddhists. trying to say buddhist but i don't know why he why they wrote buddha <laughs> no it was buddhists no i no no he definitely wrote buddha on the bjp for india tweet it is yeah. buddhist no it's not buddhist I'm what sure. are you saying i'm, I'm so pretty sure. sure it's not let's buddhist let's check it out let's check it out i have the tweet open in front of me it was tweeted on april 11th by the bjp for india uh, twitter handle which is the official twitter handle the tweet reads we will ensure implementation of nrc in the entire country we will remove every single infiltrator from the country except buddha hindus and sikhs and it's attributed to shri amit shah with the hashtag namo for new india i don't know what he means by buddha i mean it's just icky yeah it is but like coming to the fact they have like clearly mentioned that we will remove all the infiltrators except for hindu sikhs and buddhists i mean so that's it's a clear clear indication that we are not uh, welcoming any other person than a hindu a buddhist or a sikh and which is like we saw that when like the rohingya crisis had hit myanmar as well yeah like, so this is a huge check this is like, a huge check and also the check rhetoric it off with a red pen red pen yeah i mean <laughs> uh, to come back to the point they have always uh, put forward this case that okay what happened to hindus of pakistan what happened to hindus of bangladesh i mean i understand what you are saying but that does not give you the power to uh, diminish or um, or delegitimize the current diversity that you have in your own country so we are a secular country and we have to live up to that to make it a real secular country so fear of difference is like a big check and i think um, also nevish uh, if we see the fear of difference is a bigger concept than just difference yeah? yeah so they are kind of building this fear that there is something out there there is someone out there and they are going to attack us and yeah. they are the bad people and we have to be powerful enough to fight with them like we saw this during the pulwama episode where where the bjp government was very proud in saying that pakistan Uh, attacked us and we've attacked them back and we've given them a tit for tat and the whole episode so i mean definitely it's it's the fear of difference that uh, that they are propagating through mm. their actions for sure for sure for sure but like i think also we should also acknowledge that we weren't always this woke like i think when we were young like for me at least when i was younger i had this you know like i had the fear of difference if you're growing up in india you kind of just you have this competitive gene in yourself which makes pakistan like the enemy enemy for sure like if you if you're like a huge follower of cricket or with anything else really the india pakistan match is really the world war kind of happening yeah. so as a child i clearly remember growing up in a marathi majority hindu community and i because of the lack of knowledge 
I kind of feared them. I kind of always heard stories from my, from my people around me that we had riots with Muslims, so Muslims are probably bad or probably this and that. But obviously now that I am working 25 year old man, I clearly know that we are like we missed out on so many things as a, as as a child I missed out. For me like I think I think I've always been a very curious person so like I never really bought this competition was with Pakistan like I never really believed that No it's not only Pakistan but it's about the Muslims it's about the competition like it's about the difference like we are Hindus and they are Muslims and it is them versus the us and that's the fear of difference that I'm talking about right but like I think the end game is that we've, we've both grown yeah we've both grown and we both and we both, we both know have that there's diverse, really yeah. there's really nothing to be scared of nothing like, to fear, fear over yeah. yeah and if you don't have any Muslim friends just like make, make one yeah <laughs> get make one them. and I mean I just love my friends I mean all of them Alright, so four and a half and fourteen from you, five and fourteen from me. Perfect. Let's move on to the sixth one. The sixth point says appeal to a frustrated middle class, fearing economic pressure from the demands and aspirations of lower social groups. Uh, yeah. Like such a huge check. That's such a that's huge literally the platform that Modi won twenty fourteen on. Yeah, I mean Upkibar Modi Sarkar was I think mostly used by all the middle like I like I remember it so clearly in the middle class society that we live in it was like a temperature like the temperature of the country was such that okay we need the change we want the change and Modi is going to bring it for us and Modi's government is going to bring it for us so uh, appeal to the frustrated middle class for sure for so sure for check me. from me check from you perfect yeah all right so five and a half and six yes on 14 okay all right seventh one obsession with a plot and hyping of an enemy threat i think we've, we've covered this in a yeah. way uh, with pakistan and uh, so yeah it's a big check for me let's go ahead Okay, so the next point is that fascist societies rhetorically cast their enemies as at the same time too strong and too weak. I do agree to this to a certain extent again. So they they call Congress as their big enemy who has looted India for the past 60 years and at the same time very weak as in they are incompetent and incapable of doing anything to the country. So I mean... It's a kind of rhetoric, but I think I'm again like split on this because again, all because the they're giving them too much attention and importance as well. On but the so other does side. Congress does the same thing against BJP, and so so do all these parties do against each other whom they don't really like. Mm. So I mean, I'm again a little bit split on this. So I'm gonna give this again a half check. Hmm. Like maybe you can say that like power is constantly shifting. Power is so constantly. sometimes someone is too strong and sometimes someone is too weak. Yeah. I guess what at the end of the day, no, what nobody just wants to um as say very honestly that you know yeah we are at fault the, and they are a little bit better in this and we are a little bit better in that. There's no harmony for sure. Yeah, they just don't want to lose face. Yeah, mm, I think I'm gonna give this a half as well. Great. So what's the score? We I am I am um seven, seven and, and you are a seven and a half. Oh okay, cool, fair enough. On fourteen. Yeah. All right. 
the next point that Umberto is making is that pacifism is trafficking with the enemy. There must always be an enemy to fight. I think we're seeing some some strains of that over here. Like for BJP at least, that diplomacy and pacifism is trafficking with the enemy. The enemy again being Pakistan in this case. Like instead of diplomacy, <clears throat> you're again engaging in some sort of a strike. By strike, you mean air strike? Yeah, air strikes strike. and surgical strikes or whatever it is that we've seen in the past five years. So I think I would give this a check. What about you? But Mother? I mean, uh, to be like, to just put my devil's advocate hat again, <laughs> I personally think that, um, I mean, I'm kind of conflicted on the airstrike one because we never attack Pakistan per se. We attack the terrorist camps. groups, terrorist right. camps. And, and also, I mean, um, we've been seeing that diplomacy has not really worked for us. And, but we are also seeing that with the rise of such airstrikes and uh, such surgical strikes, we have more unrest in, in the area of Jammu Kashmir. So, I mean, I am kind of conflicted on this. So, I'm not really... But I, I do understand the point that Umberto is making that life is permanent warfare. Hmm. That they kind of uh, have painted this picture that, okay, this is the... So, I mean, I, what I'm trying to say is that the definition... That okay, this is the enemy, and to kind of formulate that enemy mm. as someone and not them, and you know, to say that okay, this is the enemy. But in real life, there are no really enemies. It's in in diplomacy questions, there are no enemies. It's just that we are different, and we have to understand that no country is going to move away. Yeah, like we are stuck forever. So just <laughs> yeah, like they will always be our neighbors. Yeah, so like just make peace with that so i mean yeah so but i feel like again you've got to recognize that this has also been happening with past governments this is not just this this is not just a characteristic of the current government so this is this is definitely been present but i would give this a check for sure but again with like a footnote that it's been present for a really long yeah, time in our me society too, me too, yeah yeah so the 10th point that uh, Umberto speaks is about the contempt for the weak. He says that popular elitism is prevalent in fascist regimes and uh, that the weak are not really given that much importance and the weak are not really uh, considered as... They're basically considered more as problem makers and troublemakers than the elements of the society. What do you say about that? I don't, I don't think we're seeing... Like, at least blatant contempt for the yeah. weak in our society at this point. Because, obviously, like, the poor sections of our society is a vote bank. So, even if the parties are thinking this or have this kind of attitude, it's not very blatantly evident, for sure. Yeah. But I still think it's there because I remember... There have been so many farmers' marches. There was yeah. one in Bombay. There was one in Delhi. And the Prime Minister didn't even, like... Acknowledge it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for sure. So, it's the same point that I was trying to make, that um, uh, farmer protests and farmer marches is a very big sign saying that all these opposition parties, even if it's a political drive, all these opposition parties have basically mobilized farmers at such a large extent for them to come out and protest against any government. I don't think that's that's really something that we've seen in the past. We've always seen 
that there is unrest in the farmer society because they are not really happy with the policies but we have not seen such a large scale of um, mobilization of the farmers to come out on the streets and protest uh, i mean i would add a footnote there that in our collective uh, 22 and 25 years on the planet I yeah at least yeah yeah for sure this is this was definitely very this is the first time i've seen something something like this, like this scale at, at this, this scale, scale yeah. for sure so yeah i mean there is uh, there is um, so can we say that okay more than contempt for the week the government the bjp government really does not acknowledge or just I think dismisses the word it's that you're looking for is apathy apathy yeah they kind of apathetic and they are kind of dismissive to a certain extent yeah absolutely sure. yeah so it's a it's a check i think it's a check it's a check yeah let's go ahead the next point is everybody is educated to become a hero which eventually leads to the embrace of a cult of death so here uh, he's trying to observe that the fascist the eternal fascist hero he's really impatient to die in his impatience he's also sending other people to their deaths i think can you walk me through this like i'm really you're you're a little lost on this yeah it's a complicated one don't you think a little bit but like i think when i read that the first thing that came to my mind was chokidar like the whole chokidar trend that we've seen because modi has repeatedly said in his speeches that you know he's the chokidar and he's going to protect oh oh i get it yeah so it's it he's kind of like portraying himself as this hero who is like at the front line at the front line. Got it. so basically when it says that it's a cult of death it is trying to say that main mar jaunga mit jaunga is desh ke liye yeah but main ye nahi hone dunga and in this ye nahi hone dunga you are basically killing a lot of people because at the end of the day like it's it's your soldiers who are going to go out and fight your wars yeah. so in this like in this impatience to you know like die for the country and like yeah yeah even yeah. die for a cause like again to bring out the cow lynching part yeah uh like we all the gaurakshak sorry all, all the gaurakshak yeah all the gaurakshak i mean rather than uh, having an animal uh, probably die we would rather die preventing that right so in the process we will lynch a, another human being hmm. but we will we are ready to die for our cows it's it's the message and i think uh, i mean a lot of my friends who kind of are in awe of or or in charm of modi hmm. they kind of question that why do uh, why is a gorakshak wise cow lynching such a big deal i mean they understand that uh, it's it's a big deal but why is it such a big deal I mean I just want to bring the point of uh, like we are talking about fascism and uh, fascism and nazism is something that was prevalent in the Europe so uh, in 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 nazi germany holocaust didn't happen in a day right right it took a lot of years to build that kind of a, a machinery of death i'm not saying that that will happen in india yeah but what i'm trying to say is that this is the beginning like you know if you kind of say that a mob kind of did it and ab isme kya kar sakte hai un logon ne maar diya ab kya so like it's such a bad thing in our society like a human is lynched literally lynched to death like can you believe the humiliation that that human is going through pleading for his life 
in front of an angry crowd who are ready to do anything to, to become a hero to become a hero to save the pride that they have been instilled with to so, save the pride of the cow to the yeah i mean so i mean it's a very big uh, point for me and it's a very big check on the point that everybody is educated to become a hero absolutely i think this is a check for me as well yeah okay moving on the 12th point the 12th point is uh, machismo basically it uh, i think the word gives us all uh, basically you need to know for sure yeah, it's very self explanatory it's very self explanatory that it just says that it's about alpha qualities it's masculine it's very uh, 56 inch 56 inch ki chhati yeah. kind of a thing yeah so it's kind of like yes i'm the bigger male here i'm the greater yeah i'm i'm the solution to all your I'm problems i'm the solution i'm the person in charge so yeah, yeah machismo is i mean we don't really even uh, discuss about it. i'd say i'd still say like a half check i mean What this is hell? not come this on, is, this come is not on. this is not as bad as putin's shirtless pictures oh yeah <laughs> but he looks hot <laughs> no putin really yeah sorry sorry, sorry okay let's let's go ahead let's go ahead the next point that umberto is bringing up this is the 13th one which says selective populism here he says that the leader is holding himself out as the interpreter of popular will he's portraying himself as this person who knows what the popular will is but he's only dictating it fascists use this concept to delegitimize democratic institutions they accuse of no longer representing the voice of the people so you're taking all of this power away from institutions democratic institutions and you're saying that listen they're not representing you anymore it's me listen to me what i'm saying is right are we seeing this mandar i mean uh, to a certain extent yes but i don't see them uh, going out and saying that uh, Uh, don't listen to cbi or don't listen to supreme court what supreme court is saying is wrong what i think it's being done i think the the our institutions are being dismantled in a very subtle way but there is really no subtlety there in my opinion yeah i mean there is no subtlety yeah i i completely i completely agree they are not doing it themselves they are really of uh, saving their face for it yeah. but they are dismantling all these institutions like we saw cbi giving different reports in different governments like how can the same institution give two separate reports for two different governments right right so they are definitely doing this that okay what what i am saying is right and what 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 i am saying is what the people want or right. is what like is what the people are saying so i am the voice of the people and therefore exactly. you believe me because i am the voice of my people so correct. yeah correct so a check i guess a check on this i think we should do um score at this point because we really have just one point left okay so i am at a 12 out of 14 at this moment and you are at a 12 and a half out of 14 thank you for keeping the scores because i wasn't okay. all right <laughs> the last one we have left is news speak in which he in which umberto speaks of um limited vocabulary for limited critical reasoning right okay so let me give you some context on this so basically sure. news speak is a word which is used uh, by George Orwell in 1984 so all the fans of 1984 out here who read it know that in newspeak what the government did in the novel was that the government restricted some words so basically they were omitting words out of the dictionary 
to make the vocabulary as constricted as possible so if you see there will be only positive words in the vocabulary so you don't have words to criticize the government oh so, so how does that apply to our current situation i don't think that the government is really doing it i mean i think the government uh, favoring media channels are doing it for them for them yeah definitely so we see a different mode or a different channel of news speak happening in the current scenario they i mean it's very strange we, if we see all the 14 points there are majority of points where they're not really doing it but they're making someone else do it or they're kind of are building this momentum so for they're finding loopholes they're finding loopholes in 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 the system to kind of make it happen for them and newspeak is definitely one of them like if you see some channels and some reporters by just the way you 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 hear them speak you understand that hey this guy is basically uh, yeah, a guy from the government for batting for modi he's talking for the government blatantly and, and what bigger example of that than the nation Arnab wants Goswami. to know like really the nation really doesn't want to know what you are saying now at this moment but yeah so new speak is is a part of it so i think i'm going to give it a check all right so what's our final score check uh, for me as well okay great so our final score is i'm 13 on 14 and namish is uh, 13 and a half on 14 so we both have this consensus that we are kind of seeing uh, uh, some fashion some fashion i mean let's let's be honest i mean there there's all most of these points are a check in one way or yeah but other. okay let me ask you this namish um on the depth scale of it do right. you do you see that okay we are really really fascist no because again like we said there are loopholes there are loopholes these yeah. these these points have been like done in very subtle very ways very subtle i think also really like cre- credit to the institutions that we have in place we mm. took so many years for these institutions to be grounded and to be fair and stuff and we have all these media outlets who are kind of bashing modi mm. left right and center even though he doesn't uh, speak he does one way talks like man ki baat he doesn't like to give press conferences but all these media held no press conferences yeah. during his term just mm-hmm. letting y'all know uh, a big shout out to all the uh, media outlets who are doing their job as honestly as possible and criticizing government for the policies and every action that they take uh, where it's needed where it's needed and which basically is reinstating Uh, and making a lot of people like me and you nemish to think and a lot of our listeners to think that what what state are we in and um that 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 makes that that gives me confidence to say that hey we are not really as fascist as we could be but definitely we are i mean there's no denial to the fact that we are seeing some trends across so are these do you think these trends are reversible I don't know. I mean, uh, that's a whole another con. There's a that's, that's a whole, a whole another conversation. conversation. And I think it has a lot to do with like how we come out of these elections. Like, if there is a return of Modi with a majority, I think we will see these trends continue. Yeah. I don't mean to alarm anyone with this, and you should vote for who you think is the best for your particular constituency because you're not voting for Modi or Rahul you're voting for the person who's going to be your member of parliament and they will eventually decide who gets to be the prime minister so that's really important i think we should close the episode here i hope you enjoyed the second episode of our podcast Yay. please feel free to reach out to us and give us any kind of feedback that you might have for us 
Thank you to all our listeners and until next time goodbye, goodbye.